This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, final hour. We are flying through here. The morning and on into the afternoon. Beautiful Saturday here in San Francisco. 888-957-9570. It's John Dickinson and Evan Giddings. We're about 24 and a half hours away from tip-off at Chase Center. Game four. It's going to be electric. Round one. Warriors and the Kings right here on 95.7 The Game. Warriors live tomorrow. 11 a.m. Harmonic Brewing inside Thrive City. I'm asking for the outside. I've been I've done the show inside there. Mm-hmm. I've done the show outside there. Tomorrow it's going to be out on the patio overlooking the water. On you got overlooking the water on one side, overlook you know, you got Chase right off to the other side and it's just it's just going to be big time vibe. So if you're in the area, if you're coming to the game, 11 o'clock, I'll be out there for the hour leading you up to Tim and Tom, who are going to be on the call beginning at noon and then tip off at 12.30. Get there early and be ready. The Warriors obviously encouraging fans to not be a sleepy <laughs> Sunday afternoon crowd here in what is the the pivot point of any seven-game series, that game four, right? No doubt. No doubt. Everyone that is going out tonight, call it maybe like an hour earlier if you're going to the game. Or just push through. Or, or just, or just keep the party going to or, harmonic brewing. Or just push through. Like it, it doesn't. And nobody's. You know, I don't want to. I, I get it. You're, you, you're a wise man. You're, you're trying to keep. Yeah, but shout out, James. Hey, push, push through yeah. if you have to. Like oh. it, I think what we're both getting at is no excuses. No, absolutely. JD, we not. would die if we tried to push to at our age. We would die. Hey, speak for yourself, uh, brother. Oh, you I know. You don't, I want to see it then. Speak, I, I know you got a few more. You got a couple kids. Yes, pulling and a you bunch down. Of problems. And like I was say you got a couple kids <laughs> and a bunch of problems. It might, but I don't know. We're gonna find out who's got a Kavon Looney liver tomorrow. That's that's what we're gonna find we're out. Finding out today. Iron Man, come eight, on. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. So much to get into here. Adjustments both ways. The question that Joe, one of the callers, posed. In our number two, is this series the Warriors now to lose? What do the Warriors do with Draymond Green in game four? Where do you see adjustments for Sacramento? We haven't talked about Sabonis. I know we touched on it a little bit in the, in the last break. I know there were a couple things you wanted to get into as well. 
But let's try and make this last hour about the basketball as much as possible here as we look toward Game 4. Yeah, look, I, I think the two matchups that really have dictated this series in the first three games are the matchup between Fox and Curry. Round one, round two goes to Fox, round three goes to Curry, and then Sabonis against the Warriors' bigs because of the absence of Draymond Green. Sabonis, in my opinion, has lost at least two of those rounds. And you can make an argument in game two, a lot of it was was cleanup. He was effective, 24 points, nine rebounds. And the boards were huge. But, you know, he's... Sabonis has been, as you've put it, J.D., throughout the regular season, their best player. And a lot of that has been because of his passing. That has been neutralized by the Warriors in this series thus far. He's turned the ball over more times than he has assists. I believe it's 13-10. He has not been able to initiate the offense the way Sacramento and their fans have seen them do the majority of this season. And a lot of that has been credit to what the Warriors have been able to do, which is basically dare him to get himself involved, dare him to shoot, and he hasn't taken the bait, or he's been inconsistent when he has. They've made him work for everything, and they've also eliminated a lot of the dribble handoffs that have made the Kings offense as good as it has, statistically speaking, the best in history. Yeah, Sabonis has not gotten it going for himself consistently, but it also has worked hand-in-hand with the Kings' inability to get a lot of the three-point shots that, that they like. And they have gotten some clean ones, but the dribble handoff game is a big part of that. And he, typically, for the first three quarters of a game, they run everything through him, they get their shooters going, he gets going, and then Fox, as he's done in a few stretches of this series, goes into into takeover mode in the fourth quarter. The Warriors have forced, I think, Fox and the Kings to go to that mode sooner, and they've still been able to do it in the first two games. Fox took over late in the third quarter of Game 1, a little more throughout in, in Game 2, but... As far as Sabonis goes, I mentioned it. He's He looked a little funny in the light in Game 3, having a target on his back, having the crowd on him. He was getting away with a lot of stuff in a sneaky way through the first two games of the series. It all culminated in the incident with Draymond, where Draymond was clearly in the wrong, but Sabonis was, it was what nothing, whether it was grabbing the ankle, whether it was the throwdown of Clay, the play before, whether it was those two getting locked up in Game 1. Sabonis has lived real comfortably in that world of I'm going to get away with my holding and grabbing and I'm also going to fly back and oh my oh you hit me like he's been the guy that's been doing a lot but then acting like he's the one getting hit aside from the one incident and in where he actually did get hit mm-hmm. where Draymond got ejected and subsequently suspended but I I thought there were signs in game 3 with the crowd on him and the Warriors on that first play of the game where he got the ball at the high post and they took a step back like you can have your eight, you can have that 18 footer you can absolutely have it i think that's the kind of thing that can mess with somebody's head they were going to make sure they weren't going to allow him to hand it off to anybody or give somebody an open 3 and so i think this is the bed Sabonis has made with the antics and now he and the Kings have to try to overcome it and the Warrior fans are going to keep letting him have it. And and I think at some point, you know, if he has another bad game tomorrow and the Warriors are able to get it to 2-2, two to two, I think at some point everybody in the gym starts to know that maybe he ain't it in this series, including his own teammates. 
And I think that's something that can be a little bit unnerving because he's been such a big part of what they do, their best player all year long. Yeah, he's he's been their go-to facilitator. And De'Aaron Fox has had to play both the role of scorer and facilitator so far in this series, and he's done a damn good job yes, of that. Has. But on the you know, for the Warriors, a big reason why Steph Curry is able to move off the ball as much as he does is because a Draymond Green, or in the case of Game 3, a Kevon Looney with nine assists, is able to be that 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 point forward. Sabonis is that guy for Sacramento, and whether it be because they're daring him to shoot, they're also, I think, because they're giving him so much space, they're allowed to go under a lot of screens to be able to keep a De'Aaron Fox in front, a Malik Monk, and in Game 3, you're also going under because Sacramento hasn't demonstrated they can make a three-point shot. So you don't have to chase as much. There's more, I think, or I should say less space in the lane, which is going to help you rebound a little more effectively off of those misses. And the Warriors right now, I think, are in the head of Sabonis a little bit. Starting to, for sure. It started, I think, with the Draymond Green incident. And we clearly saw in Game 3 with the casket of booze raining down every single time he touched the ball. I want to give the Warriors fans credit for that. They were on him from the jump. And I think he felt that a lot, combined with the fact that he was getting outworked by Kevon Looney. Combined with the fact that even when it was a Jamichael Green or an Anthony Lamb, he was not as physically imposing as I think he's a, he's used to being. And the Warriors took full advantage of that. And now it's a little like, okay, in Game 4, Sabonis, are, are, are you going to be all right? Like, Are you, are you going to show up? Because so far in this series, they've he's borderline been their, their, their third best player. And I think the, the Warriors deserve credit in this sense. And Fox burned them in the first two games, especially Game 1. But I do give the Warriors credit so far in not taking the bait as far as trying to shift the defensive game plan so much toward Fox to where maybe it opens up some other ways that he can reacclimate Sabonis in positions where he can kind of get comfortable. And, and that's one thing I think if I'm the Warriors, I would be looking for early. One, do the Kings make a lineup change? Because I think they might put Davion Mitchell into the starting lineup and we can get into the Curry Fox and matching minutes and all that. I also think the Kings might look to tell Fox from the opening tip to go takeover mode. Go fourth quarter Fox in the first quarter and just try to make it so painful on the Warriors that they have to in game try to direct more attention to him and then maybe the shooters can get going off of him. You can come back to Sabonis. The Warriors have been willing to in some ways, let Fox cook, I think, in this series. You can't let it happen to the tune of the end of Game 1, where he takes a game over and wins it, which he's done a ton this year, why he was the clutch player of the year. But I think if the, there's something from the Kings' side that the Warriors have to be on the lookout for, it's, hey, Fox has been the best thing they've had in this series. Go get it. Oh, and maybe that's why if we're discussing starting lineups, I, I expect Draymond to be back in the starting lineup in Game 4. But I do think if we're talking about adjustments made by Sacramento while we could see an early introduction off the bench of either Gary Payton II or Dante DiVincenzo to go a little bit smaller to try and at least make Fox work harder if he comes out of the gates with his hair on fire because the one thing that you cannot allow him to do is get past the first man to the point where now he's kicking out the shooters and Sacramento finds it from distance because that's the one thing they haven't been able to do this year or in the series, part of me. And I think that the Warriors have done a good job of 
not allowing that that first barrier to break as much as we saw, especially on the road in the regular season, you're not going to keep De'Aaron Fox in front of you the entire game. But if you're able to you know, kind of collapse the paint, force him into the mid-range area, which he's had success, at the very least, he's not getting other guys as involved. And that's where Sabonis has been ineffective because there has been less of the ball movement on the Sacramento side than we've seen, especially in that game three, than Golden State. And when they move the basketball, when they're swinging it around, when the, when the shooters get involved, they're very difficult to stop offensively, whether it's in the first quarter or the fourth quarter. And if you're Golden State, the one time that you know we, we've seen them be able to get stops consistently is when there is kind of a, just a, a, a one sort of possession, a one shot, one rebound, get up and go. When the Warriors are taking the ball out of the basket, which we saw down the stretch of games one and two, then their offense gets affected, and it just steamrolls in the favor of Sacramento. 888-957-9570. Gene in Oakland next year on Warriors This Week. Hey, Gene. Hey, guys. Morning. Um, so, J.D., you said something before the last game, which I thought uh, turned out to be spot on. You mentioned that the team was kind of acting a little bit a little too complacent or cocky or smug. Uh, I think there was some... Something about uh, Fox saying uh, anyone who didn't vote for him as clutch player should have their credentials removed, something of that nature. I think that's what happened. I think they went in there a little flat, a little bit too sure of themselves, you know, much too soon, as it turns out. And um, and we came in. The one thing we, I think both of us got wrong, though, is we thought this would, we would if we won, it would be through a, like a shootout, like 135, 130, something yeah, I was, like that. Yeah, I was wrong about that one, Gene. I, that was, yeah. That, yeah. I, yeah. Go, go ahead, my man. <laughs> so, same here, same here. I really, I totally believe that. But uh, they came out and held them down to 97 points, and that's, that's a, a be- that's a beautiful surprise. So, uh, as far as moving forward, well, okay, one more thing. So, I, I like to look at body language and, you know, facial expressions and things like that. After that game, uh, I noticed that, uh, you know, Fox had this kind of smug on his face, look on his face, and he, as if to say, all right, yeah, you got us this time, but wait till the next game. But the rest of them, particularly Sabonis, they looked, they looked pretty concerned. I, th- I think we've planted a seed in their minds. I think we exposed Mr. Sabonis as, you know, kind of slow-footed, much as we did to, the, to some extent with Jokic last year. I think he's going to have a real hard time moving forward. But having said that, I expect these guys to show up Sacramento and really play this next game as if it's the seventh game and really, uh, you know, give it their all. Because I think they know if they lose this game, then momentum definitely does shift. Uh, can I say one more thing about sure. Draymond? You got it, Gene. Yeah, do all it. Right, so all right, so, so Draymond, I mean, what do we think of Draymond moving forward? So I think we all agree, especially those of us who have been following them from the beginning, uh, that Dre is critical for, for winning in the future. It's not, you can't look at this last game and say, yeah, we had our two best defenders out, so, but we held them to 97, so we don't need them. That's not true, of course. I think that if Dre, but Dre's going to have to be part of the offense. We said this over and over many times. If he if he drives and scores or hits one or two threes or some combination, that'll uh, you know that'll uh, you know that means that they're not going to be playing five on four and the offense will keep flowing. So uh, I I'm, I have no concerns at this point. Once again, I I look for us to win tomorrow. I think it's going to be a tough, much tougher game, and then uh, maybe six or seven we we wind it up. 
Thanks, Gene. A lot to chew on there from Gene. Uh, the just the one thing I jotted down quickly, Evan. The the fact that the Warriors won Game Three with their defense mm-hmm. was a pleasant surprise, and I think that's also you know, the fact that they didn't have to scramble to win one thirty to one twenty five. Like I think in some ways that's that's if you're a Warrior fan, comforting and and gives you confidence that you're able to slow this team down because the the Warriors have been able to slow the Kings down. Some of it maybe is they're missing some shots they usually hit. But aside from the clutch time, the Warriors' defense has been excellent, really, in this series. No, you you can make the case that they have outplayed Sacramento as far as the total minutes in this series. The difference has been either at the end of quarters or the end of games, especially in the first two. I I don't know if this surprises you, J.D., the, the fact that they played defense well at home, but they have been... You know, a pretty pretty damn good defensive team at Chase Center on the road is really where they, they struggle. So, look, it, it is a feat to hold the Sacramento Kings to under 100 points. That that does not happen very often. But I, I just think, especially without Draymond Green it's and Gary Payton It's a feat Payton to hold the them second, under 110. <laughs> seriously? Yeah, well, they average like 121 this year or something like that? Yeah. I, I, I do think that the Warriors, when they are clicking offensively, it's it's a little it's a little pickup ish in the sense that you make your shots you want to get back on defense and play a little bit harder. I also think that being at Chase Center and just in that familiar territory in which they have won consistently all year locks them in a little bit more. I also do wonder if the fact that they didn't have Draymond Green allowed guys to kind of settle into. Some newer roles. They knew they're going to get more playing time. Jordan Poole knows he's going to be starting, in which he's performed better this year. Dante DiVincenzo is going to get some more minutes. Moses Moody is going to get 15. Jonathan Kaminga is going to get 10 or 15. There are guys outside of just the the big three or four, if you want to include Looney in that, that know that they're going to have to step up in this game. I, I also think that maybe with less bigs playing consistently, you know, Draymond and Looney, I don't think they they can't be on the court at the same time, but with more speed to combat Sacramento, I don't necessarily look at the Kings as an uber-physical team, J.D., but they are very, very fast. And so when you have one less big on the court, I do think there is something defensively that they're able to keep some guys in front of them and then gang rebound off of those misses. Yeah, and the rebounding is is critical and the Warriors did a much better job rebounding in in Game 3, and that's something that's going to have to continue because much like the frenetic pace where the Kings have thrived in this series and, and kind of baiting the Warriors into making mistakes, the other area where they've made up for the fact that they've been not great offensively and the Warriors have been able to defend them is they've got the extra chances in those first two games, which really flipped the game in their favor. Bruce and Walnut Creek next. Let's go rapid fire here. 888-957-9570. Hey, Bruce. Hi, I think there are two things, huh? Slowing them down on defense, and I think we need to work on Sabonis' right hand. He's hurt, and I think we need to push on that. Let him flop all he likes, and maybe, maybe he'll hurt that hand again. Thanks for the call. Yes, Sabonis has been playing with a, a broken hand, basically, for, I think, since the end of December early part of a part of January he's played through it and been a monster so I don't know how much of it is really a factor at this point but yeah Sabonis is somebody that 
the spotlight is only going to grow on him tomorrow afternoon. That's why it is a little interesting because I don't think anyone entering this series was questioning the the, the toughness of DeMontis Sabonis, no. but it does beg when he does the flopping and the, and the theatrical antics on the ground, he's kind of pulling and tugging and making it seem like someone else is hurting him. And then you see he's playing with a broken hand. You're like, something doesn't really match up here. Well, he's, he's running a game. In this in this series, like it's and and the Kings and and you talk about things that either you were wrong about or have surprised you, and I think we are. Once you get to Game Three, Game Four, you can start to say, "Hey, I thought this, this, and this would happen. It hasn't, but this, this, and this has happened." One thing that really surprised me was the week leading up to Game One, the Kings over and over, every one of their players that stepped up to the mic with the media talked about physicality and the need to be physical and how they have to punch first and all these. And it was obviously a message from Mike Brown to where he thought step one against the Warriors is you've got to try to punk them physically. When Mm -hmm. you start, hey, inside info, what's the secret sauce? What is Mike? (laughs) Well, Mike Brown clearly told his team that he thinks you can push the Warriors around, or at least that's the first step toward having a chance Mm -hmm. to beat them is to be extremely physical. I thought, hey, if they want to do that, they're going to get out of character because that's not, aside from maybe Sabonis, who they've been all year, they were able to do it in those first two games. I think in part riding the emotion of the building in Sacramento, but regardless of, of why, they've been able to do it and keep their composure. I think the Warriors tomorrow... Continue to put that spotlight on Sabonis. Continue to put pressure on them as they work closer to evening the series. And I think you may start to see the Kings lose their composure a little bit because this whole tough guy thing for them is up and down their roster, not what they really are. It is a little bit of an act. It's a role that they've played extremely well. But if the Warriors can get it to a point where the tactics are not working... I think they might start to lose their head a little bit the way the Warriors did in those first couple of games. That's definitely an an interesting point and something to keep an eye on, J.D., and I think it kind of contributes again to the the, the lack of bulletin board material they have at this point because coming into the series, you're saying you know they're trying to be physical. They want to establish their presence because everybody sees them as the the underdog, the upstart young, you know, kind of cute team that scores a lot of points and gives up a lot of points, much like the Warriors used to be back in the day. And so they're trying to establish some sort of physical, especially defensive identity in which you need to win in the playoffs. And they did it in games one and two, but now it 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 feels like they're they're searching for some of that. They're searching for for something that they they can kind of courage up in game four to get back and take control of this series again because the Warriors backed into the corner looked like the team and they should have come out of game three. The series is over if they don't win based on what we know of history. They were the ones that came out and dictated the tone of that game. And you could even say that in game two a little bit, I thought there was some semblance of physicality from Golden State and, and Sacramento was able to match that punch. But now in Game 4, and why I think there's a little more pressure even on Sacramento to win this game is because there there is there's something there was something missing in that last game from the Kings. And for a team that does feel like a complete underdog against the defending champs, they have lost that role, I think, by establishing themselves the first two games. Meanwhile, the Warriors... 
I mean, the one place you don't want them is feeling like they got to swing upwards with everything that they have been through, and especially this core. Now the Warriors have a game plan, a blueprint of how they can win if they take care of the basketball, if they take care of the glass, and they get out and, and are able to you know shoot semi-well. They don't have to shoot the lights out to beat the Kings as they did in Game 3. I think the Kings are searching for answers more than the Warriors are heading into this game, even though it was kind of the, the questions that we felt like Golden State had to answer after Game 2. All right, 888-957-9570. That guy and Connor, you guys are coming up right out of the shoot as we've got one final segment for you. It's Warriors this week here on a Saturday on 95.7 The Game. Dribbles it back down to the box. Goes up, blocked away by Wiggins. Curry with it. Curry at half court. Avoids a steal for Bled. Flipped it over to DiVincenzo. Top side to Wiggins, a three ball. Got it! Warriors back up by nine. 39-30, matching their largest lead. Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The Game. All right, final segment. John Dickinson and Evan Giddings. Been a great show today. 888-957-9570. Warriors and Kings tomorrow, game four at Chase. 11 o'clock, Warriors Live. Join me at Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City. We'll be out there for pregame and postgame. It's going to be fun. Let's get back to the phones, though. We appreciate that guy and Connor holding on through the break. So we'll get right to it with that guy in Oakland here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, that guy. Hey, good morning, EG and JD. Great show, man. I appreciate you guys holding it down. Thanks, man. Uh, you guys touched on a lot of the a lot of the topics I want to cover, but uh, I want to finish up with the Iron Man Looney. But I'll kick it off with this. Um, yeah, I, I think at this point, um, you know, the the Sacramento Kings. It's a cute story, but it's it's just not their time because the Warriors aren't done yet. You know what I'm saying? So I had a friend out in Woodland who says they just want to hold on and see if they can get to Game Seven. So. That being said, I think this thing with Draymond, uh, Draymond's my guy, by the way. If you're listening, Dre, keep doing what you do, brother. But uh, I think this was a good thing in the fact, that, not that it was good, but they made the best of the, of the scenario, meaning it gives these guys some experience. They were able to go in there without Draymond, fill in for them, and, and hold it down and get the big win, and it gives them confidence. It gives these young guys experience that when they do rotate in and out with Draymond and everybody else, they, they can keep this thing running. You know, in the past, they fell behind when the starters would go out. But I, I think this was a good thing in that respect. And anyone that says it's better with, without Draymond are the same guys that said uh, we were better without KD when we swept uh, Portland a couple years back. And we all know how that season ended. So I got that. And also, uh, so this is like when, when Tyson would get hit in the face a couple times, adjust his mouthpiece, pick up his shorts, and just go in for the kill, I think. I don't think the Kings win another game this uh, this series. And, and to finish this off, JD, I know you have a lot of pool with the Warriors. If and I say this because I know that in my heart there's going to be a game six. If you can get those T-shirts, people don't want to wear them. But if you get the white background with the Dubs gold and blue, and get uh, uh, like a for Looney, you know, an homage to Looney with the number his number on it. And everyone rocking that when they announce them on Game 6, I mean, that would be awesome because Loon's the Iron Man. Appreciate it. Go Dubs. I'll be in the house. Bring, Come early and bring it. Appreciate right. it guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Appreciate it, that guy. It was He's calling for a white white t-shirt giveaway. Is that right? Did I catch that? A whiteout? Is that what he's looking yeah, for? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know what the deal is about the warrior fans that don't want to wear the gold shirts. It's a little, it's a little strange. And then like, I mean, majority of people are wearing them, but it's a nice aesthetic. I'll give them that. I mean, the gold, the gold looks good. The white has looked great. Was it because there was white shirts in Sacramento or uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure, but okay. it's, but it just looks great. I think the white and the gold both look great. I yeah. just don't know why. Oh, Craig, you got a theory. Gold blooded baby. Why, Come on. why the fans don't want to wear the gold shirts that, as much. That's what loses me when people just don't want it. It's just a free shirt. Throw it on. I know you came with your outfit and you want to look fitted, but at the end of the day, we all came here as a family. This, this is our house. We're trying to hold it down. Take the shirt off when you leave the place, but during the game, put the shirt on, bro. It's an extra large. Make it happen. Yeah, I don't know what the— One I, size fits all. I don't know what the story is behind that. Like, it, it does seemingly pop up a lot where, you know— And again, it's it's a fan thing, but we we talk about everything. I mean, it, it does seem like they're always trying to push people to wear this. Like, just wear the shirt. Yeah, just throw if it on. If you're a Warrior fan, if you're not a Warrior fan, maybe not. They also gave out some rally towels at the game, and, you know, that, that created a nice little kind of buzz and, and energy throughout the arena. Look, I, I mean— I, Give the Warriors credit. They're, they're trying to create as much uniform and uniformity as, as possible. Plus, it looks cool on TV. Yeah, when the, you see the it, it gold cool. pops. The yeah. white pops yeah. in Sacramento. The gold pops as well. I think what it what doesn't pop is when you go with the black shirts. I was like going to say, that you, doesn't you can't look give out the good. black tees. Darker shirts don't look as good on, on television. Black, the worst. Uh, but, but yeah, I think I think the Warriors are going to keep up with the gold, which is something that, that's worked for them. Uh, blue, worked in game three. Blue doesn't work. Blue, blue doesn't work as well. No, even even in those, you know, the OKC series on the road, I think they, they did kind of like a blue out, and it just looked, looked a little strange. Yeah, the, the white, darker colors don't show out as well. White, You're right about the black. The Clippers have theirs now, and it looks like no one got the email. <laughs> like, you know, the only time you see the T-shirts is when they're on the seats. <laughs> like, yeah. no one's wearing them, yeah. and it looks like seats, so the black doesn't work. Let's go to Connor in Dublin next. Hey, Connor. Hey, thanks for taking my call. So... I just wanted to, you know, talk about how, you know, the Warriors' great win. Um, uh, glad they got it. And uh, I'd, uh, I think that game, the crowd played a big part in it. I think, you know, being just at home for the Warriors, as we all know, is a great advantage. And just I'm, I'm a little nervous about throwing Draymond into the mix. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't think it was because they won that they didn't have Dream on. I think it's just the home and, you know, the crowd, great, um, great uh, ambient uh, uh, environment and just uh, the Warriors, uh, as we all know, do well in, in the home at Chase Center. And it's just uh, go Warriors. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. Look, I, I, to me, the Warriors can't go wrong with Draymond being back in the fold tomorrow no matter how they do it. I don't think they have to have him come off the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if Draymond offered, as we've mentioned a couple times, and Ostiny said that yesterday. It's far more about combinations for me. In if Looney and Draymond start, Wiggins and Clay and Steph, how do you, at that point, separate them once you make your first sub, which probably would be Jordan Poole to get a little bit of that secondary ball handler. Like, Jordan Poole needs to be out there. Warriors need to have a secondary ball handler out there with Steph, I would say, almost at all times, except maybe at the beginning of of each half. I also wonder what happens if Sacramento starts Davion Mitchell in the place of Keegan Murray, Mm -hmm. and how does that change things? Do the Warriors at that point go quick sub, and and if they do quick sub, who are you subbing? Because I, I think Looney has to play a lot. Like, that's one thing. Like, it's not so much Draymond hurts the Warriors, but Looney, the Warriors benefited for Looney playing 31 in Game 3. So how do you how do you balance that? And do the Kings try to do something to upset what the Warriors have had working by making a lineup change themselves? Yeah, I mean, Looney was... I think second behind Curry is a plus 21. Like he, he was incredible in game three. He was effective and he most importantly didn't need the ball. I think when it comes to the primary ball handlers for Golden State, Draymond Green usually is one of those guys along with Curry. But it, it was interesting to see the offense run a bit through Poole, a bit through DiVincenzo with the absence of Draymond. I think when it comes to the rotations, what I'll be most curious to, to see tomorrow, J.D., is if we see less of Draymond and Looney on the floor at the same time with Sabonis out there, or or Len, or you know whichever one of the near seven footers they got out there, because it, it does seem like Sacramento can, with two non-shooters on the floor defensively, kind of key in on either Curry, yes. or Poole, or even Wiggins. There's more attention that can be paid to those guys when you have both Dre and Kevon Looney on the floor. I know Kerr typically likes to have you know, his, his defensive lineup out there, especially in crunch time, and that's where we saw the GP2, the Dre, and, and the Kevon Looney kind of closing lineup. But I, I don't know if you can play even two non-shooters for the majority of this game just based on what we saw in Game 3 because if, if Sacramento isn't coming out and hitting shots the way they are, then you aren't necessarily needing to have both Dre and, and Kavon out there on the floor at the same time. I'm with you that Looney needs to, to play and play a lot. I don't know if 31 minutes is going to be you know the, the task because he, he did look a little gassed towards the end of game three, but it was a large separation. Um, Draymond to me is he, he's interesting, but he, he has to be out there. He has to play yes. big minutes. And when he's at his best, I think the Warriors can take anyone, nevertheless the Sacramento Kings, to me, J.D., I I don't know how you see the closing lineup playing out, but Kirk, to me, is still searching for a lineup that he trusts down the stretch of these games, and I I don't know if it's Wiggins, Clay, Curry, GP2 Looney, Draymond Looney, or 
Dre, DiVincenzo. Like, I, I, I'm not sure if Kerr tomorrow has an idea of final five minutes, tie ball game, who's my five out there? Yeah, and, and maybe Draymond has to be that ball handler in terms of being the point guard if they aren't going to have a Poole or a DiVincenzo out there with Curry down the stretch. Like, maybe Draymond has to be somebody that looks to be more of the true point guard, not just somebody that's holding the ball and and waiting for a pass to come open, but somebody that actually is running the ball up the court and getting the Warriors into their into their they, offense. They've treated Draymond in a way first two games the way the Warriors have kind of treated Sabonis. Yes, they have. Just sagging off him, take whatever you want. If you want to dump it off to this guy, go for it. But we're going to make sure that there's no open looks for the Currys, the Clays, the Wiggins, everything you're going to have to work for on the outside. The, the finishing combinations are, are going to be critical. The other part to that is if you're the Warriors, well, maybe you don't let the game get to a point where the final five minutes totally matters. And, and I mean, that worked in game three. And, and again, I, you can't live that way to the tune of three more wins. You're going to have to win at least one close one. The one close one is probably going to have to be in Sacramento. But uh, you know, the closing lineup, I think, is going to have to be dependent on who's playing well. There are a lot of different options, like who's playing well in that individual game. So I can't you – know, a lot of times I think I probably could piece it together. I don't know that I can piece it together for the Warriors tomorrow. It, I, I'm going to have to see how game four plays out. The one thing just kind of going through the actual players and, you know, they're going to have to ha- – and who plays more, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Like Curry – I love the match in minutes thing, by the way, with, with, with Curry being subbed out. It got him away from Davion Mitchell. Mitchell comes in middle of the quarter to hound Curry for a few minutes. We're just going to take that off the board right away. Fox is not in the game at that point, so you're taking Curry out, but you're taking Curry out when Fox is out, and you're comfortable in your defense if you're the Warriors, especially when Fox is not in the game. So I wonder if the Kings try to do something to counter that. Maybe it's starting Mitchell. Maybe it's starting Monk. You know, they, they could do something to try and, and potentially uh, counter. Mitchell would be the move, I think, in that instance because then it would, you know, Fox playing the whole first quarter could be the other thing. Like, have Fox go to the old Curry rotation. Mm-hmm. Fox playing 44 minutes could be part of the part of the whole thing where it's just, hey, you're, what, 26 or whatever, and you're just, you're just going to play the, the whole game. Uh, but you know, Curry's got to do his thing. Clay, Wiggins... Obviously, Draymond's going to be out there. Looney, Poole, and DiVincenzo are the guys that have to play a lot, I think, and help as the the alternate ball handlers. Beyond that, I think it's Moody. I think Moody is, and and forgive me if I've skipped somebody, but I think with Draymond, you know, Moody and Peyton, I think it's I think that's mm-hmm. the nine, so to speak, that the Warriors are going to play if you're if you're looking to to find a nine. It's it's the starters. If Draymond's in, Poole and DiVincenzo, 6-7, Peyton, Peyton 8, and Moody 9. I think that's the – if you're looking at 9 and you got to cut it, that's that's the move. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the rotations, and I think now more than ever, as we've seen throughout this season, the rotation changes or is, is dictated by the game. And that is where, as far as the closing lineup is concerned, I do think Kerr is going to ha- have to maybe – ride the hot hand a little more than he's previously used to. There's not really a set set of guys, especially with, with Draymond coming back. Like, if you want to talk about him starting or not or coming off the bench, it, it's understandable. But I, I think he needs to be out there in crunch time just because of what 
he's able to bring to the court? Does that mean no Looney? What if Looney's got another big rebounding game? Like, he might need to be out there as well. I also, I, I just, to me, the kind of the, we've decided of the five down the stretch, usually there's that one spot that's kind of open, and it's whether it's Poole, whether it's DiVincenzo, whether it's Looney, has kind of been up for grabs with Curry, Clay, Wiggins, and Draymond being the set four. That, to me, is maybe a little more up in the air between Draymond and Looney's spot in Game 4, especially if Draymond isn't as effective as we're expecting him to be coming off the suspension. But if if you're the Warriors, I mean, trying to make De'Aaron Fox's life as difficult as possible and make him work in the first... 20, 25 minutes to the point where maybe he's a little bit gassed down the stretch. You know, I, I think if, if for the Sacramento Kings, the adjustment to be made, you, you, I mean, you mentioned it, Davion Mitchell playing more. And because if, if Malik Monk's not shooting the ball well, he, he's not going to help you. Davion Mitchell can at least give you something on defense, even if he's not making and, shots. And he gives you somebody, too, the flip side to that, that the Warriors can potentially help off of and and True. and try to dare to make some shots. And he's made a couple of big shots in this series. Game two, yeah. He also can be somebody that's very streaky as far as missing open looks. And so that could play into the Warriors' hands potentially as well. But I, I loved what the Warriors did as far as taking Curry out and matching up those minutes with Fox. There were just too many stretches in this series where Curry was not on the court, and not that Curry's the guy guarding Fox, but Fox would go into takeover mode when Curry was out, and then the Warriors are vulnerable offensively on the other end to be Mm -hmm. able to do enough consistently to kind of match those, those instances when Fox would go on his little runs to try and take the game over. So limiting that, I thought, was was great. And then you saw Mike Brown... When Kerr did it in the second half, he just put Fox back in. Like he takes Fox out, Kerr, yeah. Kerr takes Curry out, he just puts Fox right back into the game. But even, even forcing him to have to do that is something off schedule. And the Warriors made the Kings a little more, a little more off schedule. I, I think Mike Brown, excellent head coach, excellent in terms of preparation, mm-hmm. game to game, taking a week to lead up to how you want to attack a specific team in a series. I think he's brilliant at that. I don't think he's as good at in-game tactical adjustments going away from this or that, and I think it's even more tricky for him to do it with this Kings team because they have been so cohesive with the eight that play in the same role, the same times, every single night. Like They have been a template with their top eight for about four months right now. It just depends on who their ninth has been or if they play an extra big. But Lyles and Monk and Mitchell know they're playing basically the same shifts every single night in addition to the starters. So when you are when you force them to go away with it, maybe you make them a little bit uncomfortable. No, it is interesting how the continuity for the Kings is in a way kind of being used against them. I also think that the Warriors just have more cards to play. There's more options for Steve Kerr and... I think that's why some people were perhaps coming down his road in the first two games because there are more options. As far as Mike Brown is concerned, so if if Mitchell wasn't starting the starting lineup, it would be for Keegan Murray, correct? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, and that's where if we're looking at inexperience, I, I think that's been the the biggest example has been Keegan Murray, who's a damn good three point shooter, has been for the first eighty two games of his career, and has not been able to find anything in this series. Meanwhile, on the Warriors' side, 
you haven't had to go to Kaminga and Moody as much, but Moses Moody has outplayed in the few minutes that he's gotten the other young guy on the other side. Yeah, Moody's been good, and if he keeps playing the way that he's played the last two, Moody can play the rest of the series as far as I'm concerned in that in mm-hmm. that 15 minute. He looks like a real nice matchup for this Sacramento team because as we found as this series goes on, steady players are are what beats the Kings. Steady calm players, Looney's, Moody's, Curry's when he is playing that way without the turnovers that he had in the first two games yeah. and being more aggressive and not turning it over. Sometimes less is more with Clay. If he's not hitting, take fewer shots, look to to play a little more deliberately. I think he did that. Can you get Draymond to do that is the big question, and I, I think he can read the room pretty well from not being out there, so he'll be able to do it. Let's get a couple of calls in here before we call it an afternoon. 888-957-9570. Gloria in San Francisco here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Gloria. Hey, fellas. Thank you for taking my call. Really, I just have some observations. Um, one of the things uh, I consider uh, Sabonis being one of the better big men throughout the year. And um, so I was a little concerned about this matchup because of him and Fox together. Uh, And so I feel we witnessed Sacramento giving their best to the Warriors. And as a fan, I got really emotional. I just felt that they were beating us up and they were hitting their threes and they were getting rebounds and offensive rebounds. And having one and two extra shots to make points was just killing us. So we took their best shot, and yet we were still in the game to perhaps win it. But we didn't. So I was emotional. But then the third game, the Warriors came out, and they flexed their pedigree. And um, um, they were able to show cream rises to the top. And so... With Draymond being out, they were able to play with some other lineups and found out what could potentially work, which may be a blessing in disguise. So if Draymond comes back in, something doesn't work right, uh, Steve Kerr won't be hesitant to put in different other players to perhaps get a, a, a better rotation for whatever Sacramento is throwing at us. If the Warriors continue to get their rebounds, uh, limit Sacramento to second and third shots, um, we've exposed Sabonis, and I just feel that their best shot we've taken. Now we're going to see what Sacramento is made of, and I really think that we can win this in six. Thanks, Gloria. A lot to chew on there. Really good points. That's an excellent Mm -hmm. phone call. I think part of the part that stood out to me was Steve Kirk can go into the game thinking he's going to play these eight or nine or however he wants to do it. But I, I, I'm with Gloria, and I think you've you've touched on this a little bit too. Just the fact that he does, if he needs to go to somebody for a minute here, a minute there, I think there is a little more confidence, especially at home, that he can do that. If it's if maybe Kaminga is one of the guys that's in that role that might not be in the initial plan but you can throw him out there for three or four minutes. It might be Jamichael Green for three or four minutes. Like I do think Steve Kirk has a little more confidence. Anthony Lamb, if he has to, played a little bit. Like I, I think there's more confidence that 
if he needs to make it a kitchen sink game again, even though you're more whole, then make it a kitchen sink game again. Yeah, and, and you alluded to, to J.D., the fact that the Kings play with a template. They play on script. When the game inevitably goes off script, which it often does in the playoffs, to me, the Golden State Warriors have an advantage because they have, one, more guys that have been there before, but two, more options Kirk can go to. Let's uh, wrap it up with Philmo Mike. Philmo, you're going to get the last word here before game four. What's on your mind, my brother? Oh, man, a lot of pressure. i got to make it good. So, first of all, man, the Warriors, the Warriors, the Warriors have to change the narrative. I said it three times. They have to change it. They, if they want to win the game, don't be out here talking about, oh, we're getting this, this is happening. Bruh, act like you've been there before, like, oh, girl, or you, like y'all just said, and stop playing around and feeling around. Like, nobody's going to feel sorry for you guys. Y'all been talking all that crap all year. Oh, Drake, my man, you know it's March. I don't get up for March. Well, you're not even playing, bro. You only played two games in April, bro. Wake your game up. Let's get it cracking. You feel what I'm saying? And I'm just ready for it, but the Warriors got to know it's up to them to change the narrative. You can't be sitting around just saying, oh, feeling sorry for and Nobody cares. We're trying to win this ship, J.D. Hey, J.D., you smoke. I said, J.D., smoke. Great treat. And if you're not smoking great street, <laughs> it's definitely a problem. Appreciate it, Phil Mo. It's a good way to end it. It's a good way to end it. Evan, thanks. For, I, I'm not really even going to add to it. Shout out 420. That's I'm just, all I got. I'm just going to thank Kevon Looney. Yeah, shout out Kevon Looney. Uh, I'm going to thank you for, for stepping in here for Whitey for the last three hours. It's, it's absolutely flown by. It's been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to the next opportunity that – we are able to to work together, man. It's always great. Same. No, thanks for having me on. And, uh, you know, it's a big shoe to fill, big seat to fill with Whitey Gleason. I uh, appreciate you and the listeners having me on for three hours. And uh, look forward to the next time we can do it again. Yeah, and make sure you join me tomorrow for Warriors Live from Harmonic Brewing in Thrive City, 11 o'clock, so an expanded edition of Warriors Live. Stop by, have a beer, pre- and post-game from out there, as well as we'll keep it rolling all the way until 5 o'clock. Thanks to Craig Valentino. Real nice job there. And also, just a little quick, I know we're a little late, but the there has been an Andre Iguodala update, which just popped into the inbox here, so we'll read it uh, before we get off the air. Iguodala uh, reevaluated. He started to progress in his rehab of the wrist surgery and could be begin to be cleared for light ball handling and shooting drills in the next seven to ten days so he's going to be reevaluated again in two weeks so basically got to get there basically you got to get to the conference finals before we can start having a conversation as to whether or not he'd be able to play but that is the Iguodala update that we've been waiting on here for the for the last couple of weeks that'll do it Fox Sports Radio next here on 95.7 The Game this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.